Okay, good morning, Catherine. Um, so lovely to have you here in this podcast. How are you today? Um, very well, thank you, Lena. I'm very grateful for this opportunity. That's lovely. Um, would you like to talk a bit about yourself and introduce yourself and um, share a bit about um, what you're doing and who you are and what your passion is? Right. Okay. Well, my, my name is Catherine Ingram Silva, and I am presently working as a psychotherapist individually with couples as well. And I also um, have, I'm a family therapist and I run family constellation workshops. And I guess um, most importantly, I'm I practice a stream of Buddhism called Nichiren Daishonin's Buddhism, and I'm a member of the Sakagakai. And I guess I'll tell you a little bit about my journey to this place, which is why I'm really interested in working with ancestral, the legacies of ancestral trauma and also psychotherapy, how I got into that. Would you like to hear about that? Is that relevant? Yeah, I would love to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it goes back to um, when I left university in my 20, early 20s, I was not sure what I really wanted to do. I was supposed to be a teacher, but I started to travel. I didn't, my childhood was always moving from one country to another. I never stayed in a place for more than two years. So I had that in my tendency to keep moving. So I finished university and I went to Paris, where my mother comes from. And I started acting. I really liked acting at university. So I pursued acting. I became a professional actor studying in Uh, a very good school in England. and But as I was, you know, 10 years into being a professional actor, I realized I was really unhappy. And deep in my life, I was deeply unhappy. And I didn't know what I was doing and why I was doing it, even though I loved pretending to be other people. And so I... Very, you know, very fortunately, I kept encountering other Buddhists who practiced the Nichiren Buddhism, where we chant Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. And I sort of avoided, they kept saying, you should try, it will really help you. But I was a bit arrogant, didn't think I needed anything, even though I was suffering. So I finally decided when I was in my lowest of lows to start, to just try it. And the moment I did it, it was like I was plugged into the universe. I actually felt suddenly that my life had awakened. And I, for, for that moment, I felt like I had finally found what I'd been looking for for the whole of my life. So I felt like I'd been plugged in. 
And so I learned there's a beautiful parable in the Buddhist um, a repertoire, which is which is called the Jewel in the Robe, and it's a story of a a very rich man and a very poor man, and they used to be very good friends. They went to school together, but the rich man ended up getting very very rich, and the poor man had nothing. So one day, the rich man invited the poor man to his house for dinner. And they had a beautiful dinner and they got very drunk together. And the poor man fell asleep. The rich man had to go on a business trip in the morning and he woke up very early and the poor man was still asleep. So feeling very compassionate towards the poor man, he decided to sew a brilliant jewel in his robe, in his hem of his robe, because he thought it would keep him you know, it would give him all the things he needed in life. And then he went on his way. And the poor man woke up and he had no idea that he had this jewel in his robe. And he went on with his life and years passed. One day, um, the rich man was walking along the street and he saw this poor man begging in the street in rags with the same robe on, but it was pretty ragged. And he went up to me, what are you doing? What's happened? And the poor man said, I don't know what you mean. And the rich man said, look, and he found the jewel in his robe and he said to him, you've had this all the time and you didn't realize you had it. And I guess that was the story of my encounter with Buddhism, that I suddenly awakened and I realized I had this, Amazing um, life force in my in me. Anyway, I pursued it. I left acting because I thought that wasn't really where my desires were, and I realised I really wanted. I felt that I had, you know, struggled with a mental illness, and I was really drawn to people who were suffering. So I came back to Australia. All this was in England. I came back to Australia. I went back to university. I studied psychiatric nursing first, but I found that psychiatric nursing was too too much about pathologizing. I, I discovered family therapy and the interconnectedness of families and how they affect each other. And that led me to discovering family constellations. And I could see that for the first time, most psychotherapies really just focus on the individual and what's happened in their lives and addressing some of the injuries that may have occurred in their childhood or overwhelming events and trying to heal the individual. But family constellations demonstrate that what happens in the lives of our parents, our grandparents, even our great-grandparents, and fundamentally impact on our well-being in this generation. So that's how I got to Family Constellation. Yeah, yeah, tell us about Family Constellation. It's um, really fascinating. I found it really amazing. <laughs> what did you find about it? How did you come across it, Lena? Yes, um, 
I think my friend in Germany did it like a few, I don't know how long ago. And um, I think I found a book or something and then I had to look for courses and then I found you and um, yeah. And then I came to your workshop, <laughs> which was possibly like four years ago or five even, I think. Yeah. yeah. What struck you about the workshop? Um, you mean like to come or what I discovered in the no, workshop? The process, the actual process. Yeah, I mean, I remember um, the first one, um, I remember I was just completely fascinating on how it was worked because I used to do improvisation theatre um, and acting as well. And I thought, crazy, it's like improvisation theater, but actually mm -hmm. the people acting out of their own intuition and which you partly do in improvisation theater as well, but it was just on a really different scale. And I was like, wow, this uh, was really powerful um, because pretty much what we did is that someone would come up to the front um, with a specific problem and then you would constellate the situation and you would ask like, oh, um, okay, so who should represent your uh, mother out of the group? And I think we were like 10 or 14 people. And then someone would just um, stand in the center in the circle and like position themselves and then you would maybe ask, depending on the situation, um, who, who should represent your dad? And then someone would get up or the person in the chair would choose the other the, the dad. And then this dad person got up and positioned themselves in the room. And I remember that someone was saying, I can't believe how accurate these people that didn't know the situation and never obviously had been her parents positioned themselves so accurately in the room that was representing um, her own um, parents relationship to each other like for example let's say they would not look at each other or they were really um, far apart from each other or some other constellations where people were really close and it really represented um, what the person in the chair with the issue would feel about her own family members. And um, I thought that was just incredible how, um, how that was, yeah, how that um, was kind of working and to the really point where you could think, okay, this is all planned before, but obviously it can't be. But to the point where I remember one girl was getting up and representing the son of this lady that was sitting in the, in the, let's say, problem chair working with you. And um, she was even having the intuitive move, doing a specific um, techno sound with her mouth. And the mother, like this lady was like, I can't believe how accurate that is that you even... Um, make the sound mm. of the music that my son is listening to. And yeah, I, I don't know. I think that was like blowing my mind really on. <laughs> yeah. That was possibly the first things. Yeah. Yeah. Very beautiful sort of description because it's one of those things 
where someone says, what is it? It's really hard to explain because it's um, quite unlike any other um, practice there is, like psychodrama or improvisation like you're talking about. And so some explanations, really hard to understand what is going on. But you could say that when people enter a space, the person who's wanting to... So you go with a symptom, and the symptom is the calling from our life to try and fix something. We know in our individual lives when we have a symptom... We know we, it's a calling to go and get help, to try and find out what's going on. But most of us tend to go to a doctor or a psychotherapist, and, want, and in a way we're looking for someone else to fix the problem, and we try and fix it physically. So we try and address it in the material world. But what we're realizing is that we're not just physical beings. And quantum physics has um, made us able to see that at the level at the level of quantum, which is at the very small level, we're actually just energy, and that everything is interconnected and interdependent, and that if anything that has been connected actually affects everything else that was connected to it, whether it's in this dimension or another dimension. So whether we're talking horizontally, which means in the life as it exists with each other as we know each other, or vertically as we don't know it materially, but we know ancestrally the connection. So in the quantum, we're all connected. And there's no separation whether we're a million miles away in you know space or a million generations away in time, we are interconnected and interdependent. So what seems to happen in a constellation field when we invite a group of people to come together, the person who has the symptoms says, I really want, there's something in my life that is crying out for healing and I can't find the answer. And so this activates this quantum field. It's just hypothetical, like a hypothesis. And we invite people to represent ancestors, which can be parents, grandparents can be, you can also represent siblings. And the relevant people to these symptoms start to get activated. And the process unfolds whereby we see where something happened to some person in the family system that disrupted their ability to feel safe in the world, so a trauma, and that disruption sends a cascade of energy you know, across and vertically and horizontally such that everyone connected is affected. And if that trauma isn't healed, whether it's two generations ago and even seven generations according to the Indigenous culture, someone in the youngest generation will still hold on to a symptom that needs to be 
healed so that they can be free. So this whole, so the whole, all the people in the family system can be free. So that symptom in the current generation is actually in service of healing everyone, not just yourself. So that's why I love this work because it's not just about me. It actually realizes that we're all interconnected, interdependent, that no one is an island, and that if I heal, I actually heal many people around me. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I found also that, um, I mean, do you want me to share some more? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, please do, because what you share with me <laughs> helps yeah. me share understanding. Yeah, so I found also um, that the second thing was that, um, Okay, I say the second thing first and then the third. So the second thing I realize is because not everyone um, has their turn um, to get their family constellation. So I think um, you were drawing names out of the head. And my name mm -hmm. was not drawn in my first um, workshop. And I remember that um, there was a, a really inner child in me that um, I was really upset about it and it really frustrated me. And I remember leaving there and think like, yeah, of course, because that always happens in my life to me that um, I'm not the person when I'm going somewhere <laughs> is <laughs> chosen. <laughs> and um, I don't know, I just not that I've yeah maybe I felt like this like victim kind of in a way where I'm just like but I really wanted it and you know like I was part of the course and um like I paid for it and now I just I just um I don't know if I got anything from it that was my thinking back then and um that was that was actually really interesting because you know like yeah it's it's interesting because like you come to this point in, in your life and then um yeah it's good that they come up because obviously they happen for a reason so you can understand that that is also okay <laughs> and yes. yeah yes that's the symptom right for yeah. you the symptom was why don't I ever get chosen? And this seems to be like a karmic pattern and I feel really sorry for myself. And we go, instead of most of us, we'll just go, you know, just stay stuck in that, not realizing actually there's something in this that I have to explore. Mm. So then, yeah, so what happened for you then? Well, I remember that, it was, just, that it was kind of like that I was possibly um, – to be super honest with you, quite upset with you in a way, in myself. Because, <laughs> yes, yes. of course, you were the person we that was deciding this. <laughs> um, that's right. And I would say that that's also very relevant because we know that often the therapist, or in this case the facilitator, represents the mother. Mm. And so the reaction to the facilitator will be very much, you know, that that lacking, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not seen, I'm not heard, 
is often the projection. So again, it's like really useful information if, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I also felt, um, I guess that's what I felt when I left and um, because obviously we're learning through the other constellations as well. I also realized that there mm -hmm. were, you know, like a lot of cases where I still took something from and, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, and that was really um, interesting. I can't remember whether it was the first one or the second one. Um, but yeah, that was the realization what from made, the first one. Yeah, what made you come back though if you were so angry? <laughs> well, that was the, was the hope that um, I would be the chosen one this time. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't giving up. You weren't no. giving up. That's good. Uh, I wasn't. Um, yeah, so I came the second time and then I was chosen. And then um, that was really interesting because. Um, then when I was chosen, I was actually um, discovered about myself, which I also knew before, but that made it more clearer because he pointed it out. That um, when I tried to verbalize my suffering, let's say, um, I possibly couldn't really. And then I also, um, that's my family trait that I was kind of like smiling or la like kind of like yeah laughing about it and so then at one point you said to be honest like I can't really take you for like serious because when you laugh about your suffering there's just like something there I don't know how you worded it you could possibly word it better than me but um like on a feeling level of course um the my yeah. behavior doesn't really um, fit my feeling, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. So we can say to that, you know, when we smile, we often are doing it because we don't want someone else to carry, you know, to, to be affected by our suffering. So we're smiling. As a child, we smile to protect ourselves from being hurt, but later on we might smile so that someone, like a parent, doesn't feel like they have to look after us. So it's both ways, whether either we're protecting ourselves or we're protecting our parents from being, you know, a burden to them. We are actually, the smile is a way of keeping people away so that we don't get more hurt, so we don't get more hurt. So the question is, who are you smiling for? Mm -hmm. And then and then we go to the pain. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th I think there came a few things up for me because partly... Um, I, it's definitely a trait in my in my dad's side on um, every time someone actually addresses something or says something serious that everyone starts kind of smiling or laughing. Um, mm -hmm. And so you obviously learn that <laughs> everything, whatever, um, doesn't really matter because um, you get the same reaction and no one seems to emphasize with you. 
Um, so you possibly mm -hmm. stop sharing or even learn the trade yourself. But then I think also because of mm -hmm. my mom, I always felt like I had to be there for her. I was actually thinking about that yesterday because I, I actually developed a massive humor um, even when I went to school and everyone always thought I was this happy, sunshiny person. But in fact, it was actually helping me dealing with... Um, my everyday life and so yeah um yeah i just yeah. and i know that a lot of humorists um or comedians they actually yeah. have depression and that's their other phase that's right and that's right that's, it's a way of, yeah. yeah there you go and so what we we know that everything even you know our body language our facial expression, our posture, all of that can give away so many, you know, unconscious tendencies that we don't realize. And so we can actually use that. They're all symptomatic of something that needs to be um, looked at and understood. Because to be truly free, you know, we are, like, to be truly happy and free, we have to have our heart open which means our posture upright and that our expression is co consistent and coherent with our emotion that that's unity of body mind and spirit and that enables freedom and expression which is true happiness like to be able to be myself in the world without fear or doubt that's that's true joy and without neediness, you know, without the sense of something lacking. And so these modalities and constellations are one, we can actually start to release ourselves from legacies and burdens, traumas that have occurred that keep us constricted. The constriction, whether it's, you know, a body constriction or an emotional constriction, is a sign of something hasn't been healed, whether it's in our own system, our body, and our own mind, or whether it's an inherited legacy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just really um, interesting because I also discovered... Um, then when you pointed that out that I didn't really feel safe to you know share my that or yeah share my my suffering with the group even though it was a really safe group but that in general I don't really feel yes. safe expressing my how I feel yeah because I don't feel yeah. safe addressing this to other people yeah and isn't that if you think about your the first workshop isn't that ironic because what you're saying is, I never, you know, how come I never get seen? How come I never get chosen? And then when you are chosen, you can't be seen. And so it's like, that's what we do. We say, why is this always happening to me? And we don't realize that we're creating it because these opportunities are there all the time, but we keep seeing, keep making ourselves recreate the trauma. We don't realize it. We repeat. So 
And then when you're given the opportunity, it actually helps wake up and going, oh, yeah, I'm doing this to myself. And then I think the ironic thing also was that I felt in that second one, I learned actually far more from the other people when from my own. I mean, yeah. also did, but I think there were some other topics that resonated at that point much more with myself. Um, then. Yeah. yeah. And you're highlighting, the, yeah, these workshops, the beauty of the consultation workshops is, Even even though there's an individual doing their work, there's three layers of benefit that occur, and that's what I love about this work as well. That it's it's the great nobody is actually doing anything to anyone. Everyone, in in a sense, is equal. Even the facilitator is there, just in service of the system. So the three levels of benefit are the person who's actually doing their own family constellation, of course, gets the benefit, even if it's just in the questions and reflections, but just to be able to set up. The circle group get the benefit of representing other people, which you learn so much when you stand in the shoes of other people because so much resonates. You know, we learn just through the experience of standing in someone else's shoes. And the people in the circle who are witnessing get to um, learn a lot just by observing what's going on. And different people, you, you get different chances of representing. And then the final people who benefit are those who aren't present. And that can be, that's like, you know, there's stories of how, you know, having done the constellation, someone who did a constellation with a son who had been estranged for years and years, in the constellation there was a reconciliation. And that night, out of the blue, this son called his father. So we know that, and that didn't, that's not just happened once, it's happened, you know, when you hear other experiences of people who've been in workshops. So it's benefiting the people around us, and that's what the quantum physics tells us. It affects everyone. So that's what I love about it as well. Yeah, I, I have to say that I also really, um, I think that like there are two more aspects um, that I like to share is that, like that, for example, I really learned how to, I also react to people in the room like when someone sits there and cries you know and you like mm -hmm. oh do you want to give this person mm -hmm. a hug or are you just letting it all unfold mm -hmm. and like so how my own empathy and my own feeling to others were as well um, mm -hmm. and then yeah also how um, you really understand that pretty much what you just said before like that you program yourself through obviously also your family and your ancestors um, and how at least for me I understood that you know let's say um, some behaviors I have in me might, may be fear or um, that I can't explain and now I was last mm -hmm. year in Germany for a year and a half and 
even before as well, but like I, I just really observed my grandma and I spoke a lot with her and um, we're also really close. And I thought like, wow, there's like so much behavior I took on from her and from, from that generation, um, which then also went through my mom, but this kind of how they were also dealing with all these really terrible situations in war and then how they really managed um, mentally to even, you know, stay sane. And of course, this is just the last generation and the one before my mom, my grandma. So it's like, of course, they're passing this indirectly onto you through how they behave, mm -hmm. you know, and like distrusting others. Um, and that is not necessarily that someone then says, oh, we really distrust this person. We don't know why, but we do. Obviously, no one says this, but it's like, it's the feeling they, they pass you on when other people are present. And I think when you kind of energetically feel that and you tune into that, um, you can really take this on board for yourself. And then you distrust people and you don't even know why, but you feel it. There's possibly partly intuition, but I think some things are also have really much to do with the confusion of fear and also the confusion what have been created in the second world war of distrusting people even though you trusted them yesterday out of a sudden you distrust them and um, to pass that on you know and yeah this kind of behaviors yeah. um, that you then have to unravel for yourself to not <laughs> continue doing them exactly it's really so true all the um, things that the way our parents treated us leave really big imprints and, you know, we tend to believe it started, you know, the, the problems like our anxieties and our feeling of not being good enough, those feelings, we tend to think that it was created by our parents and we blame them, but actually it didn't start with them. It's a, this is the transgenerational passing on. And it's really the beauty of constellations. You can actually start to see, wow, wow, that's why my mum behaves the way she does. And I can see now that she wasn't doing it because I was a bad person and, and she thought I she didn't love me. It's like she couldn't because of her mother her mother couldn't give her what she needed because her mother went through the war or had, you know, had major, like her husband was killed in front of her or, or um, she lost her first baby um, in a stillbirth, right? So all that starts to unfold and the compassion that comes out of the field enables us to really see our lives in the context, a much bigger context, and we then are much we actually then go, oh, it's not my fault or it's not their fault. It's actually no one's fault. It's the fault of the terrible things that can happen to people in life that never got healed. So you're absolutely right. So that's how it gets passed on in these little tiny reactions that end up causing great hurt. Like not trusting other people. <laughs> yeah. It's it's even like, um, 
you know how for example i found that i've always been this kind of deeper person and i've asked myself a lot of questions and always try to discover <laughs> the truth um if you ever discover it but like to understand mm -hmm. things and i really discover how less um my family members like there, there's not much um reflection you know and it's just um yeah like just different sayings as well you know like what yeah well what do you want to do and you know my grandma says this all the time and i'm like well what you want to do is <laughs> i don't know you can do this or you can do that you can do a lot of things you know and it's just i feel like specifically when people get to their 80s and 90s and um they have maybe they they let more loose or they don't feel like they need to present anyone anymore and they maybe become more like a child again then it's actually a really good point mm -hmm. to understand them because then i felt i understood myself the most because what she's mostly saying now i'm like oh interesting that's that's where this is coming from how i also behave like this or this yeah. you know because um It's just how she just, because um, I spend a lot of time with her, her and it's just uh, how she pretty much deals with problems. And then that she, for example, doesn't speak yeah. up and she doesn't actually share how she feels. And um, ah, yeah. there you go. And like, yeah, a lot of, a lot of things. And I just found that really interesting to be aware and able to observe this because that helps oneself of course to understand um your family traits so true and it can also like i had i've had two major experiences of having my family consolation done and realizing you know um the power of this work I, about 10 years ago, I lost my voice it, it completely. For two years, I couldn't, I had no voice, which, and I went and had lots of tests and there was nothing wrong, but it was neurological, which meant that it was about the wiring from my brain to my throat and there's no cure. So the only thing you can do is have Botox injections in the throat. So I had the opportunity to do a constellation about it, family constellation about it. And really interestingly, I'd been to Germany to do some training and the last constellation I'd done in Germany before um, I lost my voice and before I came back to Australia a couple of, about a month, maybe a couple of weeks to a month later, I started to lose my voice. But the last compilation I did in Germany was I represented the voice of the the person who had, you know, who was constellating. And she wanted, I represented a voice that she didn't have a voice in a domestic violent relationship, right? So I represented a voice and I did the representation And I didn't think twice about it because I stood in, you know, I didn't actually think I carried anything with me. But 
I started to lose my voice. And then, you know, I then had all these tests and then this went on for two years. Finally, I did do a constellation. Um, it was the conference in Sydney and I did it on my this voice. And what came out was something I'd, we'd, I'd always known this, but there was not clear in my family, but my German grandmother um, had something happened to her because as soon as she was represented, because I suspected something to do with the grandparents, um, as soon as she was represented, she just fell backwards and fainted, you know, the representative did. And so the constellator, Guni Baxter, put a you know, field around her so she wouldn't affect me. And we did a whole process. And as a result of that process, my two months later, or no, a month later, my voice came back. Um, So these things are quite mysterious. You know, some things you don't even know. My, as far as I feel, something did unspeakable happen to my grandmother and it needed this symptom to come in me, to me eventually, because I am very connected to that grandmother. I've had, like, my mother's always projected onto me, her mother, her mother's, it was a very problematic relationship. So somehow I was the one carrying that that needed healing. Um, that, you know, I can't tell you there's nothing worse than not being able to speak completely. So that was a, a major experience. And another one was um, my mother's, I was, you know, I did another constellation for my mother because, you know, really just because I felt my mother's carrying so much burdens and she's so, like not truly connected. And so really the issue is that my mother and I are not connected. So we did a little piece and it turned out that the, one of the reasons I'm not connected to my mother from the constellation was that my father had a first love and that woman was not included, not in a sense given a place in the family system because this systemic work, the conscience of the family soul requires that every person who has enabled life to flow or be um, must be honoured and given a place. So if someone marries, um, say, you know, my father had married this woman. He was very deeply in love with her, but they, for, for some reason they couldn't get married. Because they didn't, my mother was able to marry my father and have a life with him. So my mother has a, a great you know, debt of gratitude to this woman, but in ignorance we don't realise that. And my father would have shut her out because he, she broke his heart. But in the, she was set up in the constellation and we were really connected um, and we did a process there. And you won't believe this, but again, a month later I was in Canberra because that's where my parents live and I went to a flower show and the 
my father's first love. Where it was, we were walking along with my mother. We were walking along, and there was this woman in a wheelchair. My mother knew her, you know, sort of knew of her, but that you know, knew her very faintly, but not in an honouring way. And my mother said, "Oh, there." She went to say hello, and I said, "Who's that?" And she said, "That's you know, this woman." And she was in a wheelchair. She died shortly after, but I got to meet the woman that was I was representing. So these things are quite extraordinary. Well, that can happen in Brazil. <laughs> Constellation. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. I mean, I met yeah beautiful people there in the workshop as well, and I found it quite profound what what they shared as well and what they got from it, and you know, um, yeah. So I was wondering, unless you have more questions, if to finish I could take through a guided mm, sort of meditation connecting to like getting in touch with um, experientially to what we've been talking about. Would that be good or do you have more questions? Um, no, that would be awesome. I mean, I would, would have only asked you now whether there's anything else you would share that uh, we haven't spoken about, but I felt we <laughs> shared everything. Um, <laughs> I think I, I think it's a really good way to explain it because it's so difficult to understand. Yeah. I yeah. really appreciate your, your, your sharing your experience makes it easier to illustrate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, we can totally do a meditation. So should we all sit comfortably somewhere? Yeah, just yes. Take a moment. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, sit comfortably. Make sure you're connected to the body, feeling your breath. And just take a moment to be in space. And in your time, just bring to mind those who have raised you. Maybe they're caretakers, maybe they're your parents, maybe they're alive, maybe they've passed away. See if you can see their faces and get a felt sense of them. And if you feel particularly drawn to one, see if you can focus on them. And as you're focusing, bring to your awareness a strength this ancestor had, this person, this caretaker, this parent, maybe a skill they had, Maybe an ability, maybe it was a virtue like courage, a value like generosity. Maybe they were loyal, creative. Whatever it is, see if you can get in touch with their goodness. Even if it's very small, 
maybe it's very big. Just appreciate for a moment this goodness and let it enter into your body and see it as a part of you. And see if you can feel gratitude for it, for this gift that they have passed on to you. And even if you don't feel it that strongly, even if it's hidden, see if you can feel a little of it in your body, this goodness that actually is there, that you've received, that has come from those who came before you. And it is just like the river high in the mountains that goes into the small stream down below. You can appreciate how those who raised you and those who came before flow through you and that you are a continuation. Whether, whatever has happened, whether you were even adopted, the parents that gave you life are continued on through you. Their strength, their wisdom, their talent, their joy are always there available if only you connect to them. And let just let them fill you up and resource you right now. This is a precious inheritance, a real gift that no one can ever take away. And just Consider what which of these qualities you want to nourish that you have received and which you would like to pass on to the next generation or to the friends around you or the relationships around you. And let that flow from you to the people around you, this particular quality that you'd like to share. And do that as you breathe in, take in the gift. And as you breathe out, share it with others. Breathing in and breathing out. Now, if you will, bring to mind a weakness or a suffering that one or more of those who have raised you or someone that you know ancestrally you're connected to had to endure. Maybe it was an illness they had. Maybe it was a loneliness. Maybe it was an anxiety. Maybe it was the experience of war or oppression. Maybe it was severe loss. Maybe it was disappointments. And staying grounded in your body with your breath and openness to the, to the compassion that you can hold for their difficulty, the difficult conditions of their life that did not that was that they weren't able to heal 
that they may have even inherited from those who went before them. And they did not know how to heal. See if you can hold their pain with care and tenderness, wishing it to be healed and relieved. And if for whatever reason this pain or this suffering feels too strong for you to hold, pause and call on the support of an angel or an archetype or even the earth to give you the ability to hold their pain with your limitless capacity supported by your life force or an angel or an archetype. Now consider how you have received suffering from those who came before you. How these sufferings flow into you just as their strength do. See if you can welcome these as part of you, just as with the gifts that you've received. Welcome whatever difficulty feels like has been passed on to you. Accept it without judgment. See it as being what it is. It is what it is. That these sufferings came to you through transmissions that are not your fault and not even the fault of those who passed it on. As difficult as it might have been for you to receive and to actually experience these sufferings, if you can hold on to them with love and compassion, with loving kindness, notice what happened in your body and in your feelings. Acknowledgement heals. Depression keeps things stuck. Acknowledgement allows it to dissolve and not be passed on. Thank your ancestors for enabling you to see this and ending the suffering here and only passing on the gift and that you have the choice now to do this. You can let the water of love from the previous generations flow into you a little more freely now and let the water that will pass on to the next generation or to the people around you and through you flow confidently and freely. Affirming their goodness through you that their Weakness and suffering is not in vain. Receiving and giving, giving and receiving with kindness and love. And let this come into the daily practice, daily awareness, that we are not alone, that we are always moving in the world with our ancestors, behind us and there always when we welcome them 
are able to support us. We are not alone. So taking a deep breath in, a long breath out, slowly coming back into the space and into the world around us. Are you there, Lena? Yes. <laughs> I thought I'd let you uh, come back. So um, I'll let everyone oh, have yes, some no. moments to uh, come back to the moment. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so powerful. Uh, um, yeah, thanks so much. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm mostly asking in the end, is there anything in words that you want to share from your heart that you think people should know in the world, you know, something, some wisdom you want to share, apart from this meditation was already wisdom so much, but yeah, I just want to give you the I opportunity. Think <laughs> I, think that, I think that's enough, don't you? Yes. <laughs> I think the message... I think the message is, remember, we're not alone in many ways. We yeah. are interconnected and interdependent. And even if we feel deeply alone, we never really are. Yeah, that's beautiful. So good to remember. <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you me. so much. Um, that thank was you. really beautiful. Thank you for sharing. A great pleasure. Yeah. And I really appreciate you asking. Every little bit we can transmit to the world, the better. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. You're doing beautiful things, Lena. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>